Well, hello everyone and good morning and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. We appreciate you being here today. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to get started with some music while we let, allow others to get settled in this morning. Grab a cup of coffee. Fred Hammond and the Straight Gate Mass Choir, I'll Praise. Thank you for being here this morning. Amen. Appreciate you being here today. Hey, Ronnie, good morning. Hey, Beverly, good morning. Brother Roscoe, good morning. Amen. Sister Arella, good morning. <laughs> My lovely bride is watching too. Good morning. Appreciate you being here. Anitra, good morning. Mr. Gaines and Delia, good morning. Amen. Thanks for being here. Amen. Appreciate you being here. Sister Pearl and Walter, good morning. <laughs> I'm going to have to put that in my playlist. i got to get that. Yeah. Amen. If I can find it. Angie, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate you being here. Jackie, good morning. Salute. We appreciate you being here and taking the time out with us today. Spending some time with us before the real church starts. <laughs> That's right. Amen. I wish I had two cups of coffee. But one will suffice. Good morning, good morning, everybody. Thank you for being here. 
Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jackie. nice to have an uplifting song in the morning, I'll tell you that. Amen. We appreciate you being here. Thanks again. Good lesson today. Fred Hammond and the Straight Gate Mass Choir, and I might as well say orchestra because I saw violins and horns and everything else was there too. Uh, I'll Praise is the name of the song. That's a great song. That's a great way to start Sunday school today, and we appreciate you being here. I um, want to make a few announcements here before we get started with the lesson. Uh, today in church, uh, Pastor Gus is bringing the message today. Um, right after Sunday school here in church, uh, not online, but here in church, we'll continue with our prayer ministry. We'll, we'll get together for a few minutes between church and Sunday school and uh, gather in prayer. And we welcome all participants here in that endeavor if they are able to come. But that will be, it is the fourth Sunday, so we're going to do it uh, today as well too. Um, we have a, an annual church meeting today here in church at 5 o'clock. That means... Uh, those are for the members of the church, people who are involved with the church. We are going to get together for our annual church meeting today at 5 o'clock. We appreciate you being here. And thankfully, the weather has cooperated, so we don't have to worry about that. So we have enough. It's rainy, but at least it's not uh, ridiculous uh, outside. Um, please remember your tithes and offerings. We appreciate you giving consideration to the worship aspect of giving uh, if you are uh, not in church, if you want to mail your tithes and offerings to us, you would mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. And we thank you again for praying about your giving, and we appreciate your giving it the due consideration indeed. And I also want to express uh, my sincere thanks to those who have uh, uh, given condolences and uh, well wishes uh, on the passing of my mom. I appreciate appreciate you uh, doing that. It's still kind of fresh because it just happened Tuesday morning. So we're keeping uh, all of that in mind as we, uh, you you know, hey, you know that something like this is going to happen. You know it's coming, but at the end of the day, it's still tough to deal with. It's still you have to reckon with it a little bit and reconcile with it and talk to God about it as you go go through your daily business. I mean, I got a work day tomorrow. I got to go to work just like anything else. And, uh, but at the end of the day, um, we know that, uh, she is in great hands now. She's in much better place than where she was before. Um, the best place you can be, frankly. And, uh, we take comfort in that aspect of her, uh, position right now. She's with the Lord and that's what matters most. Uh, she's no longer suffering and there's no more um, need to anguish over those those late night phone calls and those those things that happen during the course of uh, making sure that she's getting the best care she can get. That part I'm still I'm still dealing with that too. I mean just the fact that that's all changed too. So um, 
But thanks again. We appreciate it very much. Our family appreciates it, appreciates it very much. Her service is going to be in February. It's going to be on the 16th of February. So uh, allowing for people from out of town to get in and, and be a part of it as well, too. All right, we're going to get into Sunday school because that's where we need to be right now. Um, we have uh, a lesson. We're continuing our study in the book of Acts. Um, I think this was a well-anticipated study here today because we're in Acts chapter 2. We're going to be in verses 1 through 13. This is the first section of the book of Acts uh, chapter 2 uh, about the presence of the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Spirit. This is a monumental event in Scripture. I don't want to overstate it and I don't want to understate it, but this is a very special time in Scripture. This is the fulfillment of a promise that Jesus made to his disciples uh, about waiting in Jerusalem for the coming of the Spirit. And that's exactly what this event is. And what we're going to do is just go through this a little bit by little bit, verses 1 through 13 in Acts chapter 2, and look at what is being said here. We will be reading from the New Living Translation. But before we get started and do our reading, I think it's appropriate, as we always do, to pray. Pray that the Spirit speaks as we go. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you again for this time. We thank you for, Lord, just quieting us now to be able to hear you speak to us. We thank you for your loving kindness and your presence as you speak to us. Lord, we just thank you that no matter when we call upon you, you are always present and always available. We thank you for that. We thank you that at this time now, Lord, that you... Speak to us about the wonder of the coming of the Spirit and look at this study from the standpoint of the relevance for us. For we all have, those who believe in you, we all have the indwelling Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord, for the teaching that comes from it. Bless us, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. All right, everyone. Turn your Bibles, electronic devices to Acts chapter 2. Let's take a look at verses 1 through 13. And let's take a look at what it has to say here about the day of Pentecost. <laughs> the day of Pentecost. And we'll talk about the significance of Pentecost and what it represents. Uh, verse 1, Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. Verse 6, when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. And they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken, being spoken, excuse me, by the believers. Verse 7, they were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome. Both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Well, I hate to end there, but there's, that's, that's kind of the end of this first section. We'll pick up with it next week, uh, because obviously Paul is going to address this, or excuse me, Peter, I believe, is going to address this issue um, when we get together again next week on this, as far as answering that very question. But that's Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. And I want you to understand something when we look at this passage and look at how the descriptions are given about 
what transpires here. Um, first of all, back to verse 1. And thank you, Lisa. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And so, why were they all meeting together in one place? Well, the church was already there. We already know that the people who had gathered together, we talked about last week, about at least 120 people, probably more than that by this time. But they all had gotten together. And Pentecost was one of those festivals where people came from all around to uh, gather together uh, for a feast. And it's held 50 days after Passover, Pentecost. The word penta, that means 50. That's where 50 is actually built into the, the name Pentecost. And it's 50 days after Passover. And it's one of three major annual festivals. Um, let's go to Deuteronomy 16.16. 16. I think it's important for us to even go back and look at uh, Old Testament Scripture to show that these things that were put forth, they were not just something that was random or happenstance. This was part of the regular way of uh, worshiping and giving praise to the Lord. Uh, Deuteronomy 16, verse 16. I'm going to be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Deuteronomy 16, 16. And if you're looking at Deuteronomy and you're just scanning over, you'll notice that it gives the references to different festivals uh, within that chapter. We won't get into all of those festivals. We're just going to talk about... Uh, uh, the verse 16 portion here. All your males, verse 16, Deuteronomy 16, all your males are to appear three times a year before the Lord, your God, in the place he chooses, at the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, and the festival of shelters. The festival of unleavened bread is the Passover. So we want to make sure that we're recognizing that this is something that was very typical at that time. And Jerusalem was the gathering place for this festival. And it was a festival. This particular festival, though, was the first harvest festival, the Pentecost festival, a festival of thanksgiving for the harvested crops. And for comparative sakes, Jesus was crucified at Passover time and he ascended 40 days after his resurrection. So the Pentecost was 10 days after Jesus' ascension, 50 days after the resurrection. So the timing there is, there's no irony in the timing. The timing is very deliberate. We need to understand and see that. And when we talk about the celebration of a first harvest, we're talking about the celebration of, frankly, Jesus' resurrection is what we, we can tie to that as far as that's concerned. And the Jews in the many nations gathered in Jerusalem for this festival. And we see all these different people who are there who live in Jerusalem and also who visited Jerusalem that we look at later on in this passage. We're talking about an international event. Literally an international event. And Jerusalem at that time was, we can argue, was the center of the world when it comes to um, spirituality. And that's exactly what was taking place here. So many nations, many Jews from many nations gathered for this festival. And we're going to see next week Peter's speech that takes place being given to this international audience. And we're talking about how impactful that is. There's nothing like having an international audience, right? And when you have a group of people getting together for a common goal, primarily for a, uh, purposes of giving worship to the Lord and giving Him praise. But that's going to be Peter's sermon coming next week. But they're all there and they're all witnessing this incredible event. So let's go continue back to Acts chapter 2. I want to go through this methodically here because I, I, I hate the idea of missing any notes um, because there's really a ton of notes on this. I'm trying not to bore you with too much as far as notes are concerned. But Acts chapter 2, verse 2. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. 
Now let's stop there for a moment and look at the description being given about the sound. What, what are the ways that we are most impacted when we talk about um, evidence? We hear things and we see things. And God is giving us something that we can look at here and, and, and listen to a sound to give the equivalence of what was taking place that was utterly magnificent. The best that we can do, I'm just going to throw something out here uh, that's cautionary. Just because when we look at the description in in verse 2, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Well, in our human capacity, this is all we can compare it to based upon what was given to us. This was, I guarantee you, a sound that truly came from heaven and you can't describe it any other way other than trying to make it sound like something. We've all been around when we've heard a great windstorm going through the trees or you hear when the winds are picked up outside your house and you open your door and you hear this rushing sound. Everybody knows what that is. But I'm just going to tell you, that's just a description based upon what we can process in our own mind as far as what's happening. This was an otherworldly sound. And when we get to verse 3 about the flames, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. There's many things that we can look at where, you know, we talk about real fire. Real fire burns based upon all of our knowledge and understanding, right? The fires that we set, it creates heat, it burns something. But I was thinking about this as I was driving here this morning. Remember Moses' encounter with the burning bush? The bush that never burned, but there was a flame within that bush. And, and I'll even go one step further. You know, the fire that the rich man experienced in hell, he was in flames, but he never burned up or incinerated. When God sent fire down from heaven on the altar to go for the offerings, guess what? He consumed whatever was on that altar. Whatever the, whatever the thing was, whether it was meat, whatever it was, he consumed it. That fire consumed it because that's a different type of fire. But we're talking about a fire here, what looked like flames or tongues of fire. Well, tongues, we've referenced what? Communication. Speaking. And we'll see what happens with those tongues that when now on people's shoulders, whatever it was, and we continue on and read this. This is a very momentous event. I'll start reading at verse 2 again. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. That's what I forgot to mention. It came down into the house where they were, into this building, this room where they were all gathered together. wasn't outside anymore. It was, in, it was indoors. Can you imagine that? I'm trying to imagine that. I really can't. I'm going to say it was probably pretty close to a deafening sound. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present, verse 4, was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a very clear statement of a filling and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, first and foremost, what we're reading here in this section was a fulfillment of John the Baptist's words about the Holy Spirit. And we, we have argument about was it baptism baptizing by fire? Depends on who you're reading as far as the commentaries go. But let's go back to uh, let's go back to Luke three sixteen. I think I think at the end of the day when we look at something like this, the Lord has to speak to us individually about what we're reading and, and what we're understanding here. Because you can get clever and you can get eloquent and try to say, Well, it wasn't this or it wasn't that and but what John the Baptist was saying, I believe, was absolutely correct. That we're talking about something that the, the Holy Spirit does when He comes and gets with us. 
he is giving us something that gives us an incredible ability to be able to, frankly, live out the gospel of Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 3, verse 16. Well, let's read verse 15. You don't have to put that in there just to set it up. Now, the people were waiting expectantly and all of them were questioning in their hearts whether John might be the Messiah. John answered them all, this is verse 16, I baptize you with water, but one who, is, one who is more powerful than I am is coming. I am not worthy to untie the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay? That's one aspect to look at. I want you to look at another. This is a prophetic moment being fulfilled. Does everybody understand that? This is prophecy that's being fulfilled here. Go to Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. There we go. Joel 2. Verse 28 and 29. And if you have a heading in your Bible, it says God's promise of His Spirit. God's promise. Joel 2. Yeah, I'll give you more time to get there because Joel is embedded between Amos and <laughs> and uh, going back before that to Hosea. Joel 2, verse 28. After this, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams and your young men will see visions. I will even pour out my spirit on the male and female slaves in those days. Ooh. That pretty much implies that the Holy Spirit is being poured out for everyone. Whether you're rich or poor, Black or white, doesn't matter. The Spirit is for everyone. The Spirit is for everyone who does what? Acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior. That Spirit is provided. And we have to understand that those people who were in that room, the people who were in that building, they were already, they were praying. If you read back in, in Acts chapter 1, they were praying expectantly in response to what Jesus has said, to stay put in Jerusalem and wait for the Spirit to come. And they were praying for that. They were praying earnestly for the Spirit to come. Because you'll notice, no real work for the Lord can take place without the presence of the Spirit. The Spirit has to be present in us. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, well, just think back, think back of how you were before you were a believer. How much work was really taking place for the Lord in that time in your life? And the answer is not much. So we need to understand that the Spirit is necessary. It's a necessary part of our movement in the body of Christ. And having the Spirit present is a necessity. It is not optional. It's something that we have to actively pursue when it comes to our Movement, and we look at and we'll look at scriptures to even support that we have to actively say this, you know, make sure the Spirit is actively working in our lives. And what do we have to do? We have to avoid those things that keep us or or squelches the Spirit in our lives. We have to actively allow the Spirit to work within us. Yes, He's indwelling, but yeah, we can we can disappoint the Spirit quite a bit too if we're not living the way we should. Okay. And why tongues of fire? Tongues symbolize speech and communication of what? The good news. There's a representation of these tongues and, and we're calling them fire. They're not, it's what looked like fire, but they really weren't burning fire. It was like a flame. That's the best way to describe it. Because once again, we're talking about something that is beyond description 
in our human understanding. We can say what it looks like. Now, you know, it's interesting when you talk about even going to a court case and going to a courtroom, you know, you have to make sure you're, well, let's use this other example. When you're doing a lineup, <laughs> you're doing a lineup of people, right? And you ask the witness of the person, was this the person, who was, was the person present during this, this offense that was taking place? And the person will say yes or no. Because they'll have a number of people there, but they have to go by the person who looks like the person who perpetrated the crime. And all we can do, frankly, is just go by what we see. But there is a lot of symbolism here that's taking place. And what does fire do? When we talk about this baptism of fire, it's a purification. God is purifying us with the presence of the Spirit. He's the only one that can purify us. We can't purify ourselves. When we ask for forgiveness because we sin, who's purifying us? Are we purifying ourselves? Of course not. The Lord is purifying us. Purification does what? It burns away those elements that are undesirable. Why do they heat up instruments in the hospitals? It burns away the bacteria. It burns away those things that can cause someone else, if you try to use those instruments on somebody else, it can make them sick. But this fire, this baptism by fire that John is referring to, it burns away the undesirable elements of our lives and it helps us, frankly, to be lights before others. We're the reflecting light of Jesus in the world. We talk about how important it is for us to have a heart for God. We have prayed for people to come into our church to have a heart for God. And those people who have a heart for God, they have to be, their hearts have to be aflame with the Lord working in those, their, their lives. They may not have it all together. They may not be understanding completely why they're in the situation they are, but they really want to serve God. They want to be obedient to God. They have their hearts literally on fire for God in a spiritual sense. Like we said before, we know if God sent fire down from heaven, he, it, is, it is all extinguishing for sure. But Pentecost was the time for everyone to see that God confirmed the validity of the Holy Spirit's ministry by sending fire. Fire. Came down on many believers. And it symbolized that God's presence was available to anybody who believed in the Lord. And of course, we'll see witnesses further down here in this passage that there were some people who weren't there yet. Which is always the case. You always see the, you see the one side of the people who are believers and there's usually somebody in the crowd, there's someone else there that doesn't believe, doesn't understand. But it's important for us to see that this was a very deliberate act. This will never be duplicated. This was a one-time thing. This was a fulfillment of prophecy. That's why it was so important for us to see this. And when the Lord shows out, He shows out. Nothing like a loud sound and flames and tongues of fire to show the coming of the Spirit. Because let's face it, we can't physically see when the Holy Spirit comes to us. We can't physically see that, can we? We, we know that it's happened because the Word says it happens. But you can't physically see that. But this was a physical thing that people could see and hear. Let's go to verse 4, Acts chapter 2. Let's continue. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Look at that again. As the Holy Spirit gave them this ability, the indwelling Spirit allowed people to speak in other languages. And interestingly, in other languages for those people who were in their proximity. So everyone there who was a witness to what was taking place 
recognize that these people are Galileans. They don't normally speak other languages. But now they're all speaking in languages that people can understand because the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And look at verse 5. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. So we have a melting pot of Jews who came back to Jerusalem living from different places, not unlike what we see today. In Israel, there are people still going to Israel. You guys know that, right? There are still Jews returning to Israel from different lands, different places in the world. We're talking about international stuff here that are settling in Jerusalem, settling in Israel at the very least, maybe Tel Aviv or something like that. But they're going back to Israel. And interestingly enough, we're seeing the same thing here where the Jews were scattered. We know why the Jews were scattered. They went to different places for different reasons. Maybe persecution, maybe not. But they settled in different areas. But then they had come back. For all we know, because we don't really know why they came back there then then and there, but they would have known about Jesus. They would have known about what happened. They would have known about the resurrection. That was 50 days before. Verse 6, When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. So here come all these folks, folks that were not in the building, not in this so-called building, we're going to call it, a church, a temple, whatever, you know, because it hasn't been designated that way, to my knowledge. It's still being determined, okay? But they, here they come running. They were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. What a miraculous thing to take place. All the nationalities, all the nations that were represented, they were able to understand what was being said. And it wasn't just the languages that they were astounded by. They recognized that this was something that was otherworldly. This was something that God had done through the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of God speaking to His people and speaking so that they can understand. Wasn't leaving anything for interpretation. Everyone came running. Everyone, they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. And let's look at verse 7. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. They know who these people were. They know all about them. And I think the lesson to learn here, and we kind of said this already, God speaks to everybody. He speaks to, doesn't care about your race, doesn't care about your color, doesn't care about your nationality, doesn't care about where you came from, what language you speak. We have believers all through the Alliance, international mission, speaking all different kinds of languages. But we're speaking in unity because of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit speaks to every person. And I think that that's what this miracle that was taking place is giving us representation of all the different languages. We hear them speaking in our own native languages. Let's go to verse 9. Here we are. Now, this is the Spirit also speaking through Luke who's writing this because we're getting a representation of all the different types of people who showed up for this magnificent event. 
Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome. Verse 11, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Now that Rome, that's referring to the part about Rome, people from Rome. Jews and converts to Judaism. Converts to Judaism implies as people outside of Jews. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. What's the message? The wonderful thing that God has done. The wonderful thing that has taken place. I have poured out my spirit upon you. A fulfillment of prophecy. You now have the indwelling Holy Spirit where you truly are unified in the body, in the spirit. And look at the places that are mentioned. Go back and look at your history books. You can read about the Medes. You can read about uh, Egypt. You can read about Libya. Libya exists today. These are real places. This was a real event in history. This isn't made up. This is something that really took place. The province of Asia... And it's referring to people, the Cretans, the Arabs, all real places, all real people, all having the like-minded experience of the goodness of God, frankly, the goodness of all these different places and lands. These places are all mentioned because they came to the festival and Yes, as I said earlier, the Jews were dispersed to other parts of the world through, you know, I said persecutions, I said some not. Some were outright captivities. And these Jews decided to return to the homeland. And this is a way for God spreading the good news. The Holy Spirit. I've asked the question before, I'll ask it again. Where would we be without the Holy Spirit? How would we be able to perform as a church if we were acting without the Spirit? I say that it's not really cautionary. You know, there are people who say they believe in Jesus, but they haven't made that commitment. You have to make the commitment. Um, let's go to Ephesians 5. I'm not trying to veer off here, but Ephesians chapter 5. Let me see where I start. Ephesians 5. Let's start with verse 15. This is important for us to see because we have a tendency in our flesh to act in a way that's contrary to what God would have us to do. But we want to see something here that's very important. Ephesians 5, let's start with verse 15. And we're going to read through to verse 19. Pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise Pay attention to how you walk in the faith. Not as unwise people, but as wise. Making the most of the time because the days are evil. This is, this is real world stuff. This is real life stuff. The days of the world are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. But be filled by the Spirit. Now, wait a minute. We already have the indwelling Holy Spirit. That's right, we do. But we have to make a choice, don't we? We have to commit. We have to commit. We have to commit to being filled by the Spirit. 
speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord. Making music with your heart to the Lord. It's a commitment. You have to choose to live in this manner. And I think that this is the cautionary tale. We, you know, we, we as believers need to understand something about how we have to commit to living and allowing the Spirit to work in our lives. We're not robots. We're not robots. We have free will. But we have to commit. Just like every believer, person who believes in Jesus, had to make a commitment to believe in Jesus. To trust in Jesus that he was Lord of their life. That's the line of demarcation between an unbeliever and a believer. You have to make a commitment. Remember when I said a few weeks back about how there are people who don't make a commitment because they're lazy about saying, well, you know, there may be different ways. You know, I'm not really sure, blah, 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 whatever. Nah, you've got to make a commitment. You've got to say, Lord, you're the Lord of my life. This is what I want for myself. This is who I want to follow. This is what I want to do. And that's how the Spirit is most active in your life when you commit and stay committed. And listen, listen, you have to make it. You've got to pay attention, like it says, how you're walking. Be smart about it. Rely upon the wisdom of God as you go. Because if you rely upon your own wisdom, guess what? You won't do anything but what you want to do in the flesh. I want to make that very clear. We need to be the salt of the earth. We need to be the ones that are living in such a manner where we are spreading the good news. And we need to make sure that our salt has flavor to it. Amen? needs to have flavor to it. A seasoning. Verse 12. They stood there amazed... Uh, back to Acts chapter 2, verse 12. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. <laughs> what can this mean? What does this mean? You know, there are a lot of people who always ask, what's going on? What's happening? What does this mean? What, we see people who are speaking in different languages. What does this mean? And they kept asking that question, and that's fine. You can ask questions about what's going on if you don't understand it. Who's going to answer the question for you? The Lord Jesus. How many times have we prayed for stuff, we don't, we don't quite understand what's going on, but yet we're waiting for an answer from Jesus, and he gives it to us. Eventually, keep asking questions. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Why does he tell you these things? Because he knows we're going to have questions. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Well, you know, if you can't explain something, you're going to call somebody else a drunk. Okay, whatever. But we also know that this was early in the morning. By all accounts, it was around 9 o'clock in the morning. They were up early, they were ready to worship, they were praying earnestly for the presence of the Spirit to come. It was Pentecost, they were ready to get going with the celebration, and that's when the Spirit came. About 9 in the morning. And we'll see that next week. Something supernatural took place. Something unexplainable under human reasoning took place. But here's God making himself known and present. We need to understand that sometimes we need to live in that manner where we are, frankly, sometimes coming out of our comfort zone and trusting the Spirit as we go. We may not understand how we're doing stuff or how we're going about it, but we trust, we believe, we have faith. We move in that manner. And there are going to be people around you who will look at you and say, are you kidding me? What's going on? Let the Spirit take care of that. Let the Spirit speak to them about it. You pray for people who don't know Jesus. Let the Spirit do the rest. You pray for people and lift them up. We're going into prayer ministry in a few minutes. You pray for people and lift them up. 
You pray for circumstances. You don't quite know what the result's going to be. At the end of the day, let the Lord take care of the rest. That's His responsibility. That's what He does better than anybody. So we can ask questions about what happened, but this was an event that will never be duplicated. Pentecost. The coming of the Spirit. The Spirit's present. There's no backseas. <laughs> He's going to be there for us. And we are very thankful for that. He gives us wisdom and knowledge and understanding. As long as we commit to having Him do this in our lives. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for this time of study. We thank You, Lord, for the peace that comes beyond all understanding because we trust in You. And Lord, we rely upon that peace early and often in our lives. We thank You for providing it. We thank You for how You don't hold anything back. Lord, we want to commit to You and we continue to commit to You to live in such a manner where we indeed are reflections of You in all that we do. That we are the light, reflection of Your light in a very dark world. And we thank You, Lord, for the Spirit that enables us, that makes us capable of speaking Your truth that gives us the boldness to speak your truth, that allows us to go beyond any human understanding to present your truth. Bless us, Lord, and keep us as we move forward. Lord, give us power through the Spirit to spread the good news. Lord, help us to overcome all opposition that we face through Satan. And we thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We appreciate you being here for today's edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. God bless you and take care of yourselves. Stay tuned online here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page timeline for the live version of church at approximately 11 o'clock today. In the meantime, uh, also stay tuned for additional content on Wednesdays as well, too. We appreciate you being here. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time.